This is the Great Financial Sense Podcast, Episode 3. I'm James Walsh, joined as always by Ryan Sheffer. Good morning, Ryan. Good morning, James. How are you? I'm doing really well. How are you doing this morning? Doing wonderful. Looking forward to our third episode here. Three in a row. You got it. it. Let's get right into it. Um, First topic, the indices have had their best returns since the 80s. November 2020 is a historic month on a number of different fronts. Um, One of those things that, that would make that list is the robust move higher that we saw across the major indices. Interestingly enough, in the month of November, we saw the S&P 500 up 11 plus or 11% basically, almost on the nose. So that's that's just tremendous historic. But the beauty of November and the movement higher James that I really kind of, you know, caught my eye, I guess I'd say, is the broadening of the rally. So you're starting to see the small and mid-cap stocks participate. This is huge for the beginnings of a new and sustainable bull market. Did any of it happen to be due to the vaccines? So I've had a lot of clients ask, should we buy them? Do we own them? Yeah, what do we yeah, do? Yeah, yeah, the vaccine stocks. Absolutely. So not only, and I know we'll touch on the election a little bit later in our broadcast today, but the, uh, the vaccine breakthroughs in the month of November, tremendous. This is life altering stuff. I mean, truly, to think about getting back to some form of normalcy, please, let's have it. And then you start to say, with these vaccines rolling in at 90-plus uh, efficacy, it sounds like those are stocks and companies that I would like to own. Now, keep in mind, we can be very, very, very happy and focused on this progress. But when it comes to the investment side of things, recognize what you're going for, companies that have really solid balance sheets and the ability to make money, so to, to promote this market margin on dollars that they're bringing in. The issue that you have is that the vaccine, when distributed, is almost going to be have to, in my opinion, given at cost. Why? Because you don't want to be seen as prioritizing capitalism over life, making money over saving lives. So one of the problems is you're going to have, it, it's it's hard to, yeah, you could charge anything you want for this vaccine, but will you? I would I would challenge companies that, uh, that thought that that was the way to do it. I think you you kind of give it away for cost. Yeah. And I think we'll we'll kind of see how that unfolds. See how it unfolds, and, um, and and you know what? Let the vaccine stories and news drive the the broader markets mm-hmm. higher. Well, we know what kind of month we had in November. The returns we've had in the S and P and the Dow, as you mentioned, you know, the news of the vaccine. Let's not forget we had an election. <laughs> we did. We did have an election, and that hit us right in the beginning of the month. Um, you know, big anticipated, uncertain event. Well, guess what? We got some form of certainty beyond the election. So, sure, is it is it all done and, and we know exactly how it's going to shake out? No, there's still some uh, questions that remain to be answered, but, but we got some certainty mm-hmm. to a very uncertain event. And as a rule, the market hates uncertainty more than anything. So you clear that up and all of a sudden you've got some some dry powder to work with. And I will I will also use this as an opportunity to harken back to might have been our first podcast where we talked about, you know, the fear around the election was a very crowded trade at that point in time. That was kind of in that October time frame. Um be real careful. Be understanding that it's never timing the market, it's time in the market. So and an old saying and a true one. Yeah, without a doubt. So I know that, you know, we hear this talk about a smooth transition. I know the election process looked a little different, you know, since the election. Right. But 
relative to the market, do we think it'll be a smooth transition? Right. And I, I see what you're doing there, James, and I appreciate it because we are not political commentators, right. right? Okay. So, I mean, look at it from this perspective. There will be a handoff at some point. Um, yeah. What that looks like, we don't know those details exactly. When you look at what is the the equity market or the stock market trying to do, it's trying to to kind of front run perhaps different positions that might work better under a, a different administration versus another. So when you're looking at that, is that landscape um, visible? And I think that the answer is yes, is visible. It's it's ascertainable by um, the market and different institutions. It's something that you can kind of see formulating. So I don't. I think that we're getting there, and I think that you can use the positive uh, traction that we saw in November as a base case for that transition. When you really think about the capital markets, there's not enough bank accounts, gold, real estate for all the assets in the world. To that end, the U.S. stock market is one of the best places for those assets to live. Sure, they come and go in and out of the market a little bit, but when it comes to long term, the U.S. stock market will be a wonderful home for most of those assets. And so what you'll end up having is just different winners and losers. And I think that that's already taking place right now. Now, it's looking a little bit like we might have a divided Congress. What does that start to look like in terms of the market, the economy? Right. Well, when you when you say that, James, it's kind of like divided Congress. That can't be good. Well, actually, it is a good thing. I mean, the market would rather that Congress uh, do, I mean, be effective, but do as little as possible. And it's kind of, it creates this, what's called a Goldilocks scenario, actually. Shoot, we've got a name for it. Isn't Goldilocks. that something? And think about now, divided Congress, that sounds one way. Goldilocks scenario. Well, now that's sounding pretty good. And what the what it is, is just, you're not going to have politicians jerk the wheel on you. Something that maybe seems um, more in line with one party or the, the other. If you can get this kind of divided Congress, less action, we can just then focus on the merits of good businesses. So um, it's looking like that is what we'll be dealing with. Well, I'm kind of staying along those lines. It's looking like the cabinet picks are potentially a little more moderate. Yep. That's, yes, that's uh, that's been a huge thing that Wall Street's been paying a lot of attention to would be the Biden administration cabinet picks. Um, one of the highlights I want to kind of pull out of those picks would be Janet Yellen for the first woman Treasury Secretary in history. Um, so that right there is historic. But also you might remember that Janet Yellen is actually the, the chairperson of the Federal Reserve um, prior to this this nomination. So should she uh, you know, get through the process and that's what we're, we're looking at as Treasury Secretary, I think that that's uh, a, a really good position for her. She is a very, very effective teacher. And you know, what these politicians really need, or decision makers, is some an expert to come discuss the problems, teach on the problems and the different solutions, and then come up with an execution and a direction. And she would do a really good job at that, in my opinion. We always hear about Main Street versus Wall Street. You know, what's going on in, you know, everyday lives of people in their backyard, but then we see on the news something maybe opposite right. or the same. Right. You know, what's kind of that difference between the two? You know, it's just crazy. And you look at right now, the virus is is really running a, a program 
on uh, the U.S. right now, and, and you see the markets hitting all-time highs. You know, we still don't have employment restored. You still, you know, you, our, our listeners probably know people who are still out of work. It's like, wait a second, how can the stock market be hitting all-time highs when we still have uh, a lot of people in maybe a tough spot? That's because there is a difference. Sure, Main Street and Wall Street will meander in the similar direction, but, you know, Wall Street is different. The, the stock market, and no matter what market you want to look at, called a discounting mechanism. And a discounting mechanism is simply trying to look into the future and discount a future event or macroeconomic environment, again, future event, to today. Now, depending on who you read and what you want to study, the U.S. stock market tends to look out about six months from now. While we touched on the vaccine stocks earlier in the broadcast here today, well, think about that. Six months from now, we'll probably be that much further down the vaccine road. We'll probably be that much further down the reopening mode. So what you're getting is just Wall Street doing what it does, looking into the future and then Main Street the here and now. So I'm really hoping that uh, we get those tightened back up and uh, some of the stresses that are on Main Street um, start to abate soon. As we look ahead and looking forward, you know, I know we always like to look further into the future than every day, every month, but we know that sometimes our listeners do look at every day, every month. You know, what should we look forward to in the next month or what should we try not to look yeah, at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, great question. And this is always the, well, what's the crystal ball say? Yeah, that broke. I never had one. Um, but I think you can kind of build a case, and you're always doing this, right? I mean, I know you do this. We're just studying and reading and what have you. After a month like November, you've got to expect some volatility. In fact, it's healthy. You want to knock off some of that froth in the market. And so expect some volatility. When does that come? Well, I don't know. December is usually a, a pretty seasonally strong month. So it might not even be that uh, we get a give back here in December. But, you know, as we get into the new year, you probably experience a little bit of volatility. And, you know, that's okay. It's healthy. In fact, it gives us opportunities to just make sure that the portfolio is uh, has the right irons and the right fires at the right times. You know, that volatility gives us opportunities. So we will probably experience some volatility to the first of next year. And again, it's something that could be welcomed, quite frankly. You know, uh, you don't want markets to just keep going up, 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 up. So, but I will say, I, and I want to get this in on, on um, our November podcast, you expected one thing and you got another. It just speaks to why, you know, everybody expected just this collapse and uh, tremendous volatility around the election and we didn't get it. It just speaks to the fact that it's not timing the market, it's time in the market. And sure, we will always, always, always be aware of the risks that are out there and the opportunities that are out there. We will maneuver the portfolio to be prudent and effective in that um, environment. But recognize that this idea we can jump in and jump out or something like that, let's not even try it. Right. And with that, thank you for joining us. Episode three, you know, hopefully your holidays are safe. We know they're a little different. Yep. And uh, we look forward to seeing all of our clients. New year. Hang in there, everyone. Um, a lot of promising stuff on the horizon. Happy holidays to you all. Please reach out to us with any questions, concerns, and we hope you liked our broadcast today. Thank you.